What's up, everybody? We are Cinema 7, and today we are talking about the sequel trilogy. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's a little-known franchise called Star Wars. And, so uh, little. We're, we're talking about not the prequel trilogy, not episode 1, 2, and 3, not the original trilogy, episode 4, 5, 6. We're talking about episode 7, episode 8, and we're going to talk about some expectations and some predictions of episode nine. So we're talking about the whole shebang. We're talking about the sequel trilogy. We're going to give our uh, take twos kind of on The Last Jedi. And like I just said, episode nine expectations. And, you know, we might pitch some ideas of what we think should happen in episode nine. And hopefully that doesn't ruin our expectations on episode nine. But uh, with me here today, as always, is my co-host, Chris Hawk. What's up, everybody? And John Kanoki. Hello, as usual. Now, here on Cinema 7, if you haven't listened to us, we all pretty much have a role. We got Chris Hawk. He, he hypes everything up. He, no no source, ma- source material needed. He's going to hype you up, okay? He, he has the Similarity Rubicon. If you don't know what that is, uh, go listen to an Our Take episode. Uh, I bring uh, passionate uh, things, and also I can get really tongue-tied because I don't know what to say. And John Kenoki is the fact. He's the fact guy, the fact checker. He brings a uh, logical stance to everything that um, he talks about. Unless so we're talking about Oscar Isaac. <laughs> yeah, John just can't, he can't handle himself emotionally and physically when we talk about Oscar Isaac. It's, that's why we don't talk about him that much. Well, he's in the sequel trilogy, so we're going to be talking about some Oscar Isaac there, pal. Oh, man. Um, Chris Hawk's excited. He loves Oscar Isaac. I do. So to kick off the whole um, discussion on the sequel trilogy, we're gonna we're gonna first uh, talk about Force Awakens. Now it's been about uh, two years and some change since uh, Force Awakens has come out in theaters. Uh, there is a lot of opinion change since I believe it came out. There's still a large group of people who love. The Force Awakens, and then there's a large amount of people who, after the hype died, uh, called it out for its um, very similar mirroring plot to A New Hope. And I think a lot, there's, you know, people who saw that obviously when it first came out, but, you know, afterwards is when it started to really uh, form on the, the interwebs. So we're going to talk about that movie, episode seven, and our uh, opinions on some of the things. First, I want to, I want to bring up, uh, some of the off-screen conflict that happens in uh, Force Awakens that we kind of learn about, but not really. But then we we get a little bit of it in other uh, sources of media. Uh, starting with John, um, what do you think about them not showing uh, the off-screen conflict between how the Resistance and the First Order? Uh, well, honestly, the the first order is basically the empire or remnants of the empire so it kind of ne- the conflict never really stopped i guess but do do you think we should have seen um something 
that happened off screen on screen? I think when you you look at the first order, you don't need to because the remnants of the empire are there, and it's easy to believe um, as small of a gap it is between six and seven that they could have you know reformed loosely. It's when you get into the 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 resources they have and how much power they have that it's kind of confusing, considering they lost. But at the same time, with I don't understand. The rebellion that still exists because they win and you know they put in this new seat of power yet they still act like they have no influence like these people don't want to help them it's it's a really weird dynamic that i don't think we needed to see a conflict off screen but i think it needed to be more fleshed out on why the rebellion is a small rebellion they also needed to flesh out how those planets that were destroyed by the star killer base why they were so important Really, we see them for seconds, and they're supposed to be like the hive of of rebellion activity. You know, those territories are known rebellion supporters. You know, they have that's where the rebellion gets its resources from. You know, they could have said a little bit more to that in Force Awakens. Give us a little bit more background why the rebellion is still either a struggling still to maintain a uh, sizable force to go against the First Order and why that still is why they're still struggling you know if you have so many supporters why why are what you know just why are you still struggling against the first order you guys won 30 years ago apparently um what happens is somewhere they find out that leia is the son of vader and they kind of shun her from the republic for that and the only person to really support her is haldo or something and and DJ kind of says it in The Last Jedi that even both sides recruit uh, weapons and stuff like that from, you know, people from Kento Bite. So I, I think that's something that we should have seen is them kind of not coming to the aid of Leia or maybe a scene in the government. They could have started off the movie and maybe there was like a terrorist attack by the First Order. Maybe that could have helped us. It's it's weird that I mean they they destroyed the capital of the New Republic. That's one of the planets in right. the system. Like they outline that. But it's weird that if the First Order is such a threat to this new civilized society that they would need a small rebellion. They don't they they outline it as these planets solely support the Republic and if it's the capital of a new you know republic how do they not have more resources? How is it just this this one place? I just, it's just not fleshed out enough for me to understand how the rebellion doesn't have more people, doesn't have more resources to fight this like looming threat that you know people had to have known about if they're making Star Killer Base and these other things. That's that's one of the few things that's glo- that like I think everyone glosses over after Return of the Jedi is there's gonna be a power vacuum. There's there's so much we didn't we don't see of the empire. We can assume because we see we only see the empire in few key battle scenes and how big and broad and how many destroyers they have. But, you know, this is a galactic war. We don't see the other sides of the universe and what's going on. So, I don't think we ever truly see a scope of how big the empire really is. And I think at the end of Return of the Jedi, if it had been like an, it would be stupid to add a scene showing like, oh, 
the Empire lost its second Death Star, but there's still admirals out there and dozens and dozens of Star Destroyers out there. It would be like a teaser that the, the Star Wars universe could still go on, but we never know. There's, no, there's nothing about that. But you know it's got to happen because the Empire is huge. Yeah, and that's, that's what I was talking about. I don't think the First Order necessarily needs that, but I think the Rebellion needs justification for it on why it's still a Rebellion and small. That, I mean, that's my point. What's yeah, the next I, step up? What's the next step up from a rebellion? Like a full-on force, right? Yeah, it's just like a, the new force. I mean, a, like a what is it? A uh, what is it when you uh, can? Well, they're called the is, resistance. But what is it? What is it when you um, when you uh, take you become like a standing army in the uh, in the government? A militia. Militia. They're like a almost a militia. I mean, regardless of what they're called, they're still like. I mean, it feels like they're smaller than the actual rebellion from the original trilogy. I don't know if you feel that way. Oh, I, I definitely, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. And and like I said, those those other elements that kind of explain why they're on their own, I feel like you need, you should see in Force Awakens. And the Battlefront 2 game kind of shows a little bit of what happens after the second Death Star blows up. But that's, it's just all broken up, you know? It's its not really fleshed out in uh, Force Awakens. We all get it afterwards. And I kind of agree with you guys. I just wish that there would have been a little more... Um, well, I agree with John. You know, the whole Force Order doesn't need to be um, explained in too much detail. You know, that's thats something we could, uh, we could see, obviously, that they took the time to... Uh, you, you can draw a conclusion that that happened it's just the other stuff that's kind of confusing yeah and uh i guess let's just uh get into the plot now since um we've talked a little bit of uh that whole off-screen thing or actually let's let's actually talk about what happens to luke off-screen we don't learn about this until last in the last jedi and i guess we can talk about it in the last jedi so let's just go to the plot well we've luke is to central to the plot of force awakens so he is. He's he's um missing, and you yeah, get this whole like thing the about there's a there's a map. Now it, it you kind of get the sense that maybe he left a map, but again in um other media's you get the you learn that uh, people have gathered uh, information to where he's gone, and I guess the last part of the map that he left in R two is because. Uh, between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens, he's always been looking for artifacts, Jedi artifacts, and and uh, stuff like that. So, I guess when he found this place, it was the it was it, then he, it was his escape or his way to get away, which we find out in Last Jedi. Um, where to start with the plot, right? Where to start? We we see that. Talking about the map, that's where Poe is on in the very beginning. He's getting the map from uh, Lord Santeca, uh, I believe his name, um, who apparently, like I said, off in other media, is friends with Luke Skywalker, and he's a protector of the Force, part of the Church of the Force, which people think is um, uh, like a branch off of the uh, the Wills, 
That's the same guy that uh, the guy from Rogue One followed. Yes. Uh, so, Barut? It's not Barut. It's uh, Donnie Yen's character. Yeah, I forget his name, too. Uh, Donnie Yen's character. That's but, his name. What do you, how do you guys think this movie uh, kicked off? Or what do you, what, how would you see this plot starting off this new sequel trilogy? Now, we talked about the, the being fleshed out with the Resistance and stuff like that. Because we've talked about it before, about the whole New Hope mirroring thing. John, how do, you, how do you feel about the way this movie just kicked off the whole uh, thing? I think it was effective in doing what needed to be done to take away people's perceived notions of the prequels. Uh, I may not agree with that, that the prequels are bad, but let's be honest, that's was the overwhelming majority opinion was that the prequels were something that people didn't like to talk about, they didn't like, and they didn't want more Star Wars movies because of them. So I think, I mean, regardless of what you think about the prequels, that was the general attitude, and a lot of people agreed with that, especially fans of the original trilogy that grew up with it. And I think that's, this movie did exactly what it needed to do, and that was be similar in plot and in tone but and have enough callbacks to the original trilogy almost to placate the fans and say this is this is more of what you wanted we're not gonna treat this the way you thought the prequels were treated until last jedi well we'll get there in a second (laughs) now i think that's fine to do in the opening movie because it doesn't it may may have a, a tone but i don't think it sets the trilogy, like I don't think it sets that tone. It just acknowledges this is what needed to be made. Let's set some stuff up for a trilogy, and then you know make it distinguish itself in these other two movies. Aside from you know just a a New Hope, then a Empire, then a Return, uh, which I don't think they ever intended to do anyway. But I think this is what needed to be made with its plot, and you introduce new characters and different things even if some of those characters may feel similar to other characters i still think it was different enough but what people needed to feel okay about disney making new star wars movies yeah hawk um about two years later almost two and a half what's your uh take on the force awakens and its plot do do you agree with john yeah, uh, John said everything I was going to say. Um, I remember saying that Force Awakens was hard to watch, and it was true until I watched it recently, and I, it was like a double feature of Force Awakens, Last Jedi, back-to-back, and I found myself enjoying it a lot more. Because, I think it was because of the fact of the things that get answered and don't get answered in Last Jedi, and just because you could see how great the character arcs were. It's like a three, four-hour movie. And it's really good. It has the, you know, the beats that a Star Wars movie has. Like, the only complaint I would have is it plays it too safe. There's nothing different or new about this movie that we haven't seen from the previous Star Wars movies. That would be the only thing I would be my only complaint. So do you, do you like that aspect of the prequels that it gave us um, new, new, told a, a story that wasn't as safe? As, uh, like, Force Awakens? I think people wanted... I think people really wanted the story to go a different way than George Lucas had planned. 
George Lucas has a vision and he doesn't deviate it from it. So I don't know if they wanted the world building aspect that he was like, he was fully invested in building these great new worlds to go to, you know, these, these historic worlds that aren't in the original trilogy that are, but are an important part of the Star Wars lore. And I guess the characters, some of the characters rub the wrong way. People, I enjoy the prequels. It's all Star Wars. Can't, can't get too hung up on it. It's just Star Wars. So you mentioned the, uh, the mystery boxes. Um, you want to get into the mystery boxes now? Do you want to talk about a little bit of them? Do, do you think they were necessary in this movie? No. John, do you think the mystery boxes were necessary in this movie? What are we talking about? The the um JJ Abrams way of filming uh movies. The way he, he into, yeah. the way he um left uh open-ended oh. uh mysteries like Snoke and who is Ray and If if you're going to have a trilogy of three movies, why wouldn't you have unanswered questions in the first movie? It just makes sense. Pay it off later. But it's not like a mystery though. If you go back and watch the original trilogy, there's not like a big mystery other than like the emperor. That's like it. That's the only mystery. I think there's a lot of unanswered questions in the first movie. They're just not as obvious. I think if you watch the first movie by itself and never seen the other ones, you want to know a lot more about a lot of things. That's it. It's essentially the same thing, just not spelling it out for people. Yeah, but the, I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of people didn't like The Last Jedi, because they were so focused on these mysteries instead of just focusing on like just watching the movie. I, I don't agree with that. I think a lot of people are mad, but I, I don't agree with that at all. We'll get there in a second. Um, I kind of, I kind of like the mysteries of the Force Awakens. It, it gives us something different, in my opinion. It, it gives something to Star Wars. You know, after such a hiatus, ten years, I think that you kind of want mystery because you want to know what happened. You know, you want to, you want to see new things, and I feel like. That was JJ's way of adding new things, but in my opinion, I I just expected different from Force Awakens to begin with. I, I think I don't know if you guys remember my original take on Force Awakens and how I was a little uh, disappointed, but I, I think I wanted more, and I definitely wanted more lore building because you know with the prequels you see the government. The Empire, you pretty much you understand about the 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 um, with the original trilogy, you understand about the Empire. So I kind of wanted a little more fleshed out of the the government in the in the worlds or the galaxy. So that's something I didn't get out of it, but I did uh, grow to like it later. But you know, as we stated several times, when you watch it at home, sometimes it's not as uh, rewatchable. Um, unless, uh, see, I haven't watched it back to back like Hawk has, so I, I definitely intend to do that. It's a really fun watch. So I we'll come back. If, Go ahead. If, if you're going to have a trilogy of movies, you have to have open ended things because you can't have a movie open and pay itself off throughout the movie and just lead into another movie. It doesn't, those are just separate stories. They're not, uh, what I'm saying they're is, not combined. Like the, the mystery of Ray's parents, the mystery of Snoke, those are, those are like pretty big mysteries, but they're not like the most, they're not, they kind of overshadowed the biggest mystery of the movie, and that's where's Luke. And like for like a new hope, you have the mystery, well, not a new hope, but uh, Empire Strikes Back, you have the mystery reveal of Vader and then the, how this dark side of the force is coming 
into existence and how who is this empire care who is this emperor character that's like the main mystery of empire and there's not a lot of big mysteries that leave you hanging like that in the original trilogies or the prequel trilogies they kind of they bring up the mystery in the movie and they usually pay it off in the end but there is that single or two threads that go through the entire movies you know like the mysteries of trilogies happen not like i don't know i, I just feel like jj's way of making a star wars movie wasn't i just didn't like the mystery boxes in the i i think there's as many mysteries to a new hope as there are to the force awakens they're just not in your face i think you're, that's the difference you're, prob- you're probably right you've seen a new hope too so many times that you become oblivious to it type of thing as, yeah there's there's so many things that if you had never seen any of the other five movies of the original before this sequel trilogy that you would want answered and I think that's the difference here is we can't appreciate that because we're never going to see it from that light. Mm-hmm. So now we have this movie where we don't know what's coming, so we're focused on what we don't know. But with other movies, we never had that. I mean, even with the prequel trilogy, I mean, I, you know, just us seeing those come out, we still knew where it was going because we knew how it ended. Yeah. So it's just a completely different observation that I think people want to speculate on and focus on because they they don't know where it's going. You don't know what's going to happen. And to go back to what you said about uh, finding out who the emperor is, I, I feel like I personally always felt like I didn't, I, like it wasn't a mystery to me because he's the emperor. You know, I feel like you just understand who he is. You know, when you see him, you're just like, that's the emperor. Like, if, is that what you're talking about, Hawk? Like, just seeing him in person? No, but I, I know what you're saying. Um, in what I, John was saying, I think one of the subtle things is like when he says, uh, Anakin, Vader betrayed and murdered your father. Cause he gives him kind of a look in that scene and you're kind of like, okay, so Vader murdered Luke's dad going into the next one. You, you, you kind of want to see Luke redemption. And I feel like because it's so subtle that the reveal of Vader being Luke's father is is so impactful because no one ever really saw that coming because it was so like it was like one of those things you know what i mean i lose one of the biggest mysteries of a new hope is you don't know a lot about him you just know where he comes from but very early on obi-wan tells you you know there's more to this guy than meets the eye but you don't really get a lot of that in a new hope because they're you know on their initial quest you don't really get answers i wouldn't know if i would call that a mystery as more just like the introduction to the hero and the hero's journey I mean, they all got to start somewhere. But we're not given an outline, and it's very early on alluded to that Obi-Wan knows more about Luke than Luke knows about himself. It's kind of like the whole, uh, it's kind of like Harry Potter. Like, Harry Potter doesn't um, really understand his uh, lineage, you know, and how important he is. Um, it's it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. With Harry Potter, he he learns it very early, but yeah, I can see where you're going with that. Yeah. yeah. Another thing that I think you get from like New Hope is you get more sense of the universe through the characters. You get a more sense of how everything is through the way Luke is, through meeting Han, uh, how this old hermit is kind of here on this planet, but you know there's more to him in a way. Like he's he's uh, a vet almost kind of in a sense, and how he knows of Luke and you know the the way the Empire is. Uh, putting their force into the thing. I think with Force Awakens, 
the way it starts off, you're kind of like, okay, this first order is hunting somebody down. And then, you know, hardly seeing the New Republic, you're kind of like confused in a sense. You don't really get to meet how the galaxy is through the characters, in my opinion. Uh, talking talking about uh, mystery boxes and stuff, there's the force back where Ray has the visions and, you know, sees everything through that lightsaber. She kind of sees the Luke's school burning. You see uh, the corridor on uh, Bespin when Luke fights Vader. And you also hear Obi-Wan's voice at the end. You hear Ian McGregor and you hear Alec Guinness. Uh, Hawk, I know you wanted to talk about this. What, what did you uh, exactly wanted to bring up about um, the Force vision? What I want to know is what, is this a, is this a, is this because that Anakin Skywalker's lightsaber has become so powerful and, and like, it becomes so meshed with the Force, or is this Rey's Force power? Because Mario brought up in the novelization that the reason why she fights so good in the, the throne room is because she, when uh, Kylo and her touched tips of fingers, they, uh, she learned some of his force abilities. Now, she did this again. She did this first in, uh, on Maz, at Maz's uh, castle when she touches the lightsaber. So is, she, is this like a, like a rogue-type power where she... She gains the knowledge or the vision of what she touches that is like immensely involved in the force. Like this is some I don't think this is something we've seen before. Or is this Anakin Skywalker's lightsaber calling out to her type of thing? Like is this is it the artifact or is it Ray? What do you guys think? Or a little bit of both? I if if that was the case, I feel like it should have been answered in Last Jedi. But I, I mean, it, it, it kind of is if it, if it is with the novelization, but I don't know if it is actually her force power or we would have, uh, got a sense of that by now, maybe, uh, who knows, who knows what they're going to do from just the, the way they did not explain any of that. And it's mentioned in the novelization. I feel like we may never get that answer, especially on why she even had that vision in the first place. I just feel like to set to to explain that in the final part of the series, unless you're doing like a aha moment kind of thing, like where you're talking about Ray the whole time, like this is the reason you were so good the entire time. <laughs> That's the only way you could do it at the end. And that uh, makes no sense at all oh, from man. a story point. But if they do that, I mean, I, I don't even know. I don't even know what I'd do with how I'd react to that. I, I feel like um, it, maybe it could be Obi-Wan calling you out to her. were the reincarnation of Anakin Skywalker the whole time. <laughs> at, at the very end. And everybody was like, oh my god, no way! <laughs> my fan theory was correct! Roll credits. Roll credits. <laughs> I, I feel like it could be Obi-Wan or Yoda, or maybe both of them, directing her towards the lightsaber because of the path uh, Han Solo has led her to to get her involved to help save uh, not only Luke, but uh, the galaxy and, and the, the Force. Because even though Snoke technically isn't a Sith, he is more evil. And 
we don't really get to know a lot about him in The Last Jedi or in this one, so we don't really get to see the, um, damn Jets. We don't, we don't really get to see how evil he is or what force powers he actually uses beyond, you know, force pull and push and, and all that jazz. And, and mind read. And mind, and using them Somehow manipulating the force to connect the two, uh, Kylo and and Ray, but I feel like it's it's Yoda and Obi Wan, kind of getting Ray into the fight. It makes me wonder if they're like doing this of their own accord because Luke is out of the picture and they have to act, and maybe it's because of the planet they're on, like it's a force nexus, like maybe Jakku is very is not very good with the force you know it doesn't the force doesn't really dwell around Jakku but if she went to the Mass's Castle's planet and then there's a you know it's a big force nexus there and apparently Obi-Wan's like yep this is the chance we have to put her on this path to push her just like he pushed uh you know Luke towards the path this this is like the second coming of Luke so he we need to act now push Rey towards this path and hopefully she'll get an inkling of what she needs to do even though she does run away from it. I just, it's just very interesting stuff that never gets explained. Exactly. And, and um, I feel like that should bring us into The Last Jedi. Is, do you think maybe that Force vision should have been explained in this movie? Or do you think it should have been uh, further, something else should have happened when, when she touched the lightsaber in The Last Jedi? Or do you think that in... The force whole cave thing. Do you think that was just another piece of the puzzle, and it'll be another one in the next movie? No, I think she she did. Uh, what is it? She did her Dagobah cave. That was her Dagobah cave. Like Luke went into the cave, saw himself, and she went into the cave and saw herself. I think that was the whole point of that. Uh, they should have. I mean, she could have said something. To Luke, maybe it could have been a delete. That would have been great, a de- great deleted scene. You know, I've seen she did say she has a power that she doesn't know how to control. Maybe she was alluding to that part with the lightsaber at Maz's castle. It's such a fast part in A Force Awakens that, but it's so distinctive. You know, there's the parts they pick. Mm-hmm. They're all they're all parts with Anakin Skywalker's uh, lightsaber. Now, do you think? Ryan Johnson should have played on the on that whole Anakin lightsaber thing, or do you think that's just JJ mystery box that you don't agree with? Um, for that example, I don't agree with because it doesn't go anywhere. But mm-hmm. the Anakin, you know, I don't remember Kylo ever mentioning that he wants that lightsaber in uh, Last Jedi, like he how he how he coveted it in the uh, Force Awakens. But he still goes to grab it in the end in the throne room. That brings me to John. John, what's your opinion on the Force vision? And do you think that should have been played more in The Last Jedi with the whole uh, lightsaber and Kylo wanting the lightsaber like Hawk just mentioned? I think there's it, it depends. So it depends on where they're trying to go with the force in general because it's more and more looking like they're going to focus on the force as almost a religious entity with the church of the force you know the jedi and stuff like 
focusing on the light side and then claiming Snoke is not a Sith user but something worse, which would be almost like a dark prophet hmm. of the dark side, meaning you know he worships the Force from an evil standpoint, creating a, a good and evil religion, basically. So if that is the route they go, then I have no idea why you wouldn't explain the vision. But if we're going to focus more on this this conflict between Kylo leading a First Order that is useless versus uh, a rebellion again, then I don't. I guess it doesn't need to be explained. But I really wanted to see it explained because it's a pretty big part of the movie. And then to, you don't even mention it in the Last Jedi because I don't think she was talking about it when she's talking about the vision. So it's it, it's like it doesn't matter anymore. Right, it's a thing I, that I pops think, up and never again explained. Yeah, I just it, it's almost like it was supposed to be paid off, but it was not. I li- I think if they focused more on the fourth aspect, like you know the Yoda scenes and the the force training between Luke and Ray, if there was more of that and they delved in deeper, I think it would have been a lot more interesting delving into the force like that than just. What John said about Kylo and First Await, First Order, and Ray, and you know, delve deeper into the Force. Why is the Force, you know, why does the Force always equal out? That Snoke says, why is, you know, why is there always such an so evil, evil, and then such a good, good, and why does it always equal out in the end? You know, more of that in depth, in depth stuff. That would have been that's, cool. That's part of my problem with the Last Jedi is you can't explain that anymore. Now that's the middle of the trilogy. We have the final movie coming up, and there are just it almost feels like there's more to be explained, even if you take The Last Jedi and you're fine with it as a movie. I still feel like it leaves a lot of unanswered questions because it spends way too much time focusing on a plot that doesn't really further the overall plot. I mean, I, maybe that's just me. I don't know how you guys feel. Which plot are you talking about? The whole plot? Plot of the movie? Let's get the into whole, the... Uh, the whole plot is... You know, them running away from the First Order on ships, basically, and mm-hmm. then having this last stand, but that doesn't further any of the conflict. They don't really make any progress, minus, you know, Ray's personal quest. I, I agree. I, um, I have issues with the plot and how it doesn't really further anything from the, from the Force Awakens, and I know that's... Um, it might get into some fire and ice or fire or fire and plasma here in a second, but let's talk about the plot. Let's let's get into it. Let's get in, in depth into the plot. John, you just mentioned it. The, it. the whole plot is almost basically the first order chasing the resistance down, and then when uh, other than that, it's it's flashing over to Ray and what's going on with Ray and Kylo and in in uh Luke in the force and kind of showing us the balancing act of the force. Hawk, you you like this movie. You like the, you uh don't yeah, really have issues movie. with the I, plot. You I love this movie. I want you to break down tell me why you think that the mystery box is is or explain to it. me your I got you. your ex- I got you. Yes. I got you. So it's very similar to Empire. Empire starts off, Empire tracks down the Rebels, Hoth base, Rebels leave, they escape, and then we don't see them for the rest of the movie because it's all about the characters. Nothing really happens in that movie except for the characters' development. It's very similar to Last Jedi. Nothing really happens in Last Jedi except the Rebels get away, 
First Order kind of took it on the chin. Not a lot happens except for character growth. Now, John, do you agree with that? I think there's a difference here. And that's because there was nothing to kind of reference here with Empire. You only had the fourth movie. Um, There's a lot of unanswered questions. Right, right. I'm not going to disagree with that. That should have existed prior to Seven that come out of nowhere in The Force Awakens and still exist in The Last Jedi that we don't pay off. Like what? Are you talking about Snoke? Specifically Snoke. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I have... Because... If you it, this is this is like the worst argument I've heard about Snoke is you didn't know anything about the emperor you didn't need to know anything about the emperor. I think that is that's 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 false. Clearly people wanted to know more about that and that's why the prequels were made. I, I can't I can't disagree with that cuz that's exactly why George Lucas made the prequels. He wanted to show how the fall of the Jedi happened and it was because of Palpatine. At the same time if Snoke existed, he's obviously super old. Mm-hmm. He should have been referenced in pre- previous material based on the strength of Vader and Palpatine. But he never is, so we need something to explain why he's never been referenced before. And they just don't do that, and then they release like an explanation in a visual novel that he's from you know unknown regions. That's, that's, not, that's not good enough. I don't feel like that's good enough for the fans that care so much about this continuity. And, I mean, my main problem with this is that Ryan Johnson doesn't care. He doesn't care what the fans think about this. And he says that. He says he would never change anything because he's happy with this movie. I don't, I don't feel like that's the correct attitude. It's not, it's not about being your movie. It's about the fans when you're talking about a franchise that's been going on for 40 years. Hawk, I know... I know um... You had, uh, during our argument on our first take episode of The Last Jedi, uh, there was a lot said. <laughs> so, Good show. So, Snoke, yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I, personally, I do want to know where Smoke, Snoke came from. So, after the rewatch, you... After the re- I, but New Hope, Empire, Return, has very little screen time for the Emperor. I went back and watched them all after I lost Last Jedi. They mentioned him three times total between A New Hope and Empire. And he has very little lines. That's why the prequels were made. I mean, there's, not, there's nothing really... And if they decide to do something like a, like a flashback in 9 for Snoke, I mean, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. Or maybe they do like a proto-prequel between 6 and 7 to show you how Snoke rose to power. I would have liked to seen... The interactions force wise between Snoke and Luke. That would have been, that's what I wanted to see mostly. How Snoke dwelt in the minds of the younglings that Luke was teaching and then eventually turned them to the dark side, you know, or just the, the dark, not just the dark side, because, you know, I don't think Snoke is completely dark. This brings me to a reference in the novelization of The Last Jedi, which I will reference. Um, it states that uh, Luke and Snoke were always aware of each other force-wise. And because of uh, Luke locating ancient Jedi artifacts, 
There's also a implication that Snoke has pushed Luke through the Force to become a teacher, that he's uh, not just a trained Ben Solo, but established the new Jedi Academy, as Snoke knew full well that Ben's internal conflict and Luke's own hesitance to teach would always end in tragedy. And that is a source from... Let me get the source out for us. Get the source. Get, 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 get the source. Uh, io9.gizmodu.com. So if that's true, they're probably just trying to build up like a Palpatine-esque situation where Palpatine was playing on a level that was so far beyond the Jedi that no matter what the Jedi did, they just easily fell into a trap that Palpatine laid because he already planned the, the moves. So if... Well, if I think if the Sith holocrons or the ancient Jedi artifacts are as powerful as, you know, canon is, because I don't think Kotar and Legends are all canon anymore about how powerful holocrons were and all that jazz. But some Jedi artifacts and Sith artifacts are powerful enough to sway Jedis, to, you know, to, to ease them into thinking a certain way. They, I, I can see how Snoke was trying to play a long game, but it's not in the movie. So it's kind of BS. Yeah. Chris Hawk, what did you say earlier about the book? Movie canon rules all. To go backward, to go uh, back to what you're saying about the Empire, the Emperor, I feel like even though you don't get to see the Emperor and there's not much of him, you get the sense of who he is and what he is through the the conflict, through the other characters and how they're uh, oppressed and the and the stormtroopers walking around and Vader and General Tarkin mentions him in New Hope. I, I feel like you get a sense that there is a greater power. But I, with the original trilogy, do you really need to know that much about the Emperor? Because he's an Emperor. You know, you he's ruling Supreme over leader, the galaxy. Supreme Leader means the same thing. Yeah, but he's there's not- also been six movies before that, and which explain in depth about Sith and Jedi, you kind of need to know a little bit something about Snoke. If, if Snoke hadn't used the Force, I would completely agree with you. I, w- I would agree that you don't need to know anything about him. He was just the guy in charge, and he got killed. It's the fact that he is so powerful, he can choke people through the galaxy. He chokes them through a hologram. Like, this guy, this guy is strong and has the power to get into people's minds. He's dismissed. That that's the problem. The emperor, you know what he's about. You know he's in control of a galaxy that he rose to power politically. Like you, you know that he is controlling this empire, running the entire galaxy. We know Snoke rules a first order that clearly doesn't have control of the galaxy. So we need to know where he came from and how he got to power, especially when he's that strong. That's why I I don't understand why you would be okay with making the decision to kill him. For the, for the standpoint of Kylo Ren's growth. Now, if you want Kylo Ren to grow, you can have him betray Snoke. You could have him subjugate Snoke, like reverse his mind powers on him. You could, you could easily have him do something to Snoke to where he is the one in charge. But you didn't need to kill him, because now we won't get the answer unless it's a flashback or some sort of source material that, honestly, people aren't going to read. <laughs> um, If... Snoke had more screen time. I I probably would have liked him. I just I didn't think his character was important enough. It just him dying wasn't that big of a problem for me. 
Now, this brings me to Luke. Uh, we see where Luke has run off to from The Force Awakens, uh, them trying to find him. You know, he kind of explains why. Uh, I personally like everything they do with Luke. Um, I'm not one of those people who are who's like, they shouldn't have killed him off. Oh my God, I'm so angry. Look, I understand he had to die. I understand it's about the new generation. I actually like what they did with Luke. Now, yes, do I do I think that there could have been a better story told with Luke being kept alive for the ninth one? Yes. Do I think they should have changed it after Carrie's passing to keep Luke alive? Yes. Um, now, you, I still think you could have showed uh, Carrie going off with them, and you could have to give, you know, because Ryan explains that he wants people to see her performance. That's why he didn't want to take her out of the movie. He felt like it was the right thing to do. I agree. But I still think you should have changed the plot a little bit to have Luke live, just so you had someone from the original trilogy in the next movie kind of guide. We talk about Meryl Streep's, Meryl Streep's in the next movie. Okay, no, play, no, 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 <laughs> Meryl Streep, no. Let the character be with Carrie. That's my opinion. Or That's my opinion. You- would you let Natalie Portman play Leia? <laughs> no. <laughs> you sure? She's Padme. Is she though? Oh my goodness. <laughs> so John, John, what's your take on what they did with Luke in the in the Last Jedi? What, what do you think of uh, Luke's story, why he's there, and all that jazz? From a personal standpoint, I like it. I I like uh, disgruntled postal worker Luke who says, <laughs> you know, screw screw the world. Uh, I, I've I've screwed up too many times. I'm tired of screwing up. Let me just uh, live my life and die. My one problem with his story is, from a continuity standpoint, he's you know hunting artifacts or whatever. He's gone off to find the first Jedi temple. You don't really get anything out of that because when you get there, it's like he's just living on the island. Like he found it. There's these ancient tomes there that explain the Jedi Order, and he's just hanging out. It's yep. like we, we set it up, but we didn't. We didn't finish that. He said he wanted to die there. Yeah, but well, he had to have a purpose to seek it out. Yeah, to end the Jedi. Well, <laughs> that's it's, not really the purpose until this movie. Are it's, you talking about from Force Awakens? Well, yeah, you got to You got to got to consider the plot of the seventh movie when you're talking about a trilogy. Hawk, do, do you think that? They told you what he did because in last year. What do you talk? What's your question? What What are you talking about? I think what John's saying is that Ryan Johnson didn't really take a lot of what Abrams was setting up to make his own movie. He 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 had, he he did everything he could to fit to for Luke's character's storyline. Anyway, I mean, I I I uh, think he worked really hard on the movie. I'm not gonna lie that documentary. Show me that there's a lot going on in between how they, you know, are filming a movie before another movie comes out. And there's a lot of pressure on him. And I I like how they show that. And he does seem like a very genuine person. He seems very nice. But I just I I personally feel like they're like like we were talking about with the lightsaber and Anakin and the force back and how he doesn't really touch on that and and drive that forward and how. Um, you know, Luke is looking for the thing, but he's there to die, even though 
why would you cut cut yourself off from the force completely and want the Jedi to die when you're on the first when you're on the the planet of the first Jedi temple? Like, do you want to die with the force? But then why are you cut off from the force? And then he wants to. It, it's like it's everything. All the characters are kind of back and forth, like angel devil. It seems like maybe that's what this whole movie's about. I don't know, but Hawk. Do you think that Ryan Johnson should have? I guess what I'm saying is, do you, do you have any issues with uh, what Ryan Johnson did from not going off of anything? Like, do you think he he did what he would what was supposed to in the middle movie? Uh, yeah, did his own thing. I'm, I don't know if I'm making <laughs> it's any kind sense. Of, it's a kind of a broad question. What specifically? Like just some of the things we've been talking about and. John, you know what I'm talking about? Could you ask the question, maybe, if you you know what I'm referring to? My question is, <laughs> from <laughs> the time we get introduced to Luke being gone because he's, you know, he's just left, to him now hating life, not not using the Force, mm-hmm. and being a uh, general space hobo. Mm-hmm. Why did he come to that decision, and why did it have to be on the planet of the first Jedi with the original Jedi texts. Why is that so important? Because Force Awakens sets him up as there, but he could have been anywhere for the plot Ryan Johnson chose to do. Like, what? why? What was the significance of the island for Luke? From his standpoint as a character, why From did he go his standpoint? Because it, no one can get to it without the map. He could have easily done that. Did you see that whole map? There's, there's a lot of stars there. There's a lot of planets. <laughs> Didn't have to be the planet of the first Jedi. For him to die with the original Jedi text. If he's cut off from the Force and no one can really sense him, why that planet? It could have been anywhere. I think it's because it's like a self-torture, self-torture type of thing. He caused so much pain, he wanted to cut himself off from the thing that you know he helps people with. And So are you saying that's like Anakin building his castle on Mustafar? Is that like a similarity? Almost. It's like a self-exile. Why did he leave a map to find him? He didn't leave a <laughs> map. He didn't he left, leave a he map. He left the last piece with R2-D2. It's R2. You know, it's R2. Why'd he do that if he didn't want to be found? I can, I can, I'll take the theory that you know everybody else put together pieces to find him, but R2-D2 has the last piece. That's from Luke. Why'd he do that? I mean, it shows you a quadrant in space. It doesn't show you the planet he's on, did it? It's a map to the Jedi Temple that they know he went to. Mm. Maybe he likes puzzles. I mean, it does fit kind of cool like a puzzle piece. (laughs) I thought that was pretty cool. Um, Let's talk about the the Yoda scene. Uh, Yoda, now we touched on this during the first um, take, and we we all agreed that it it seems very logical for the plot, and it's it's very... uh, full circle i mean there there, i personally agree uh or agree but i do agree but i personally think that they should have at least showed more force ghosts or especially obi-wan if jj was going in that direction like why why couldn't you had obi-wan and yoda there like saying yeah we we had uh ray find you we wanted ray ray is the next step or she can she's I mean, Yoda kind of does says that, but I feel like it was a missed opportunity, especially with Anakin's lightsaber. 
Like, why didn't you have Anakin there? I just felt like that would have made everything come full circle, especially with Luke's character. I don't know. This isn't as big of a deal to me. I do wish that Anakin had been there, but at the same time, it doesn't really matter to me. And part of me thinks that the other Force ghosts will come into play in the ninth movie. That maybe they're not, they weren't focused on Luke and they were focused on helping Ray, you know? I think that's what I'd like to believe. And I think it can be explained. I think Yoda being, you know, Luke's true master, he needed to be there. But I don't, I don't necessarily, I think the other, the other people needed to be somewhere else if, you know, they are helping, uh, which we assume they are because Force Ghosts, Force Backs, they're, uh, they're all over the place. Yeah. I just, as long as it's Anakin, because I, because his saber was so instrumental in Force Awakens, I just felt like, and you know, his son is uh, Lucas's son. Like, why wouldn't he try to convince him otherwise? Once he could tap in, back into the Force, you know, once he senses him, wouldn't he just run to his son's aid, like to help him? Since his son brought him back to the light, wouldn't he try to bring his son back to the light? Like, that's just I my don't... whole issue. I just don't know that they had that. They only have that one connection at the end of the movie when he dies. I just think Yoda was more integral to his story. So he doesn't necessarily need to be there. But maybe, you know, it's like he has this revelation that he should be doing something. So, I mean, I want to believe that he's helping Ray. That's that's what I'm going off of here. And that's why it's okay to me. But if that doesn't happen, then I'll be on board. <laughs> Hawk, do you, do you uh, still believe that Yoda... Be, do you agree with John? Yeah, Yoda's the best part for Luke. Luke, that's that's his homeboy. That's where that's kind of where he learned everything from the Force. Most of the things from the Force from Yoda. He has a big, strong Force connection to Yoda. The practical effects too, of how they uh, did the puppet on the island and all that was uh, really cool. And burning the tree and all that was really neat. That's one thing I wanted to mention was like the practical effects in this movie. It's almost, uh, it's a little more practical than the newest Mad Max movie. That was, they said was 75% practical is what they said. Uh, I would say this one's about 85 unless they, uh, changed it and added some CGI to certain, some things. Um, but it's remarkable if you watch that documentary about how many sets they made and stuff like that. Over a hundred. And they were casting people like while they're in production. That's crazy. It's, you know, they use a lot more practical effects than I think people give them credit for. Uh, my girlfriend Jennifer, one of her friends that lives in uh, the UK, actually works for a production company where they build uh, some of the sets and like the ships, like the ship models first. Uh, they, they did it for the Star Wars Rogue One. And I think maybe part of the Han Solo movie. I'm not positive if that like got used, but it's like a, a big production company over there. And I think people don't appreciate how much practical effects that go into these movies. Cause you see it touched up with CGI, but I think there's a lot more than, uh, you know, people acknowledge. It's, um, it's very much their movie as much as it is Ryan Johnson's be- because of the work, the amount of work they put into that movie. Um, Sure, we can, we can, uh, me and John can de- debate with Hawk about the story and the plot, uh, being solely on Johnson or maybe, you know, JJ Abrams setting up things that shouldn't have been set up. But 
you gotta like admit that the hard work and stuff you they this is much their movie and i'm sure they're very proud of the stuff they built in this movie Another thing uh, Hawk wanted to talk about is the similarities in in Last Jedi to the other movies. Uh, Hawk, if you wanted to take this part over and uh, explain what you were mentioning. I mean, it's just like how you you always have loved those videos that show the poetry of the prequels to the original trilogy and, you know, why they don't get so much love when they're kind of, they kind of have the same particular beats, you know, same characters go through similar growth patterns. Uh, action scenes are very similar to other two and five, one and four, three and six, and now one, four, seven, and now two, five, seven. So you have, you know, you have Obi Wan, Luke, and Yoda. They're now all have been hermit, uh, sage masters. They're all kind of kind of wacky in the end. You have in Luke. And Leia, what did I write here? Oh, I think uh, DJ is more a Lando character and a combination of like Han a little bit. He does betray the group and he, he does betray it like he doesn't turn back. But Lando, Lando has like a conscience and he does eventually save them. I really think DJ is uh, what Finn sees himself to become if he runs away like i feel like that's what dj is and when he's when he meets dj and sees how he is and the betrayal that's when he fully gives himself to the resistance i feel like that's what dj is meant for but i i see what you're saying he's he's kind of like a han solo and a lando they each have their um their failure moments anakin ray and luke the the stars of of the trilogies you know, you have Anakin with his mom and Attack of the Clones, how he, he kind of fails to, to uh, save his mom. Luke has the Han and Leia rescue, where he kind of fails to save Han, but he saves Leia, and he ends up losing his hand. So it's a mixed success. And then Rey also fails, but kind of succeeds because she kills Snoke, but loses Kylo. So that's another mixed success. It's just, it's really neat. They're all... All their journeys have very similar, you know, beats. Uh, I I like how this one had a kind of a James Bondish type feel to it, and when they went to the casino, just how Obi Wan and Anakin do their type of James Bond stuff in uh, Attack of the Clones, which is a really neat type of uh, homage. And that, you know, I mean, there's a lot more other things, but that's that's what I really love about these movies is the uh, how how they all comes full circle i with force awakens though like you can argue I, like i'm well i can argue that it's more of uh see george lucas said that poetry like each movie has to rhyme when he was talking about poetry mm-hmm. and if you just rhyme the same words is that poetry like i, I force awakens was basically uh new hope with uh with a a lot of plot elements is that poetry or is that just mirroring the movie to to give the fans what they want i feel like poetry should be uh like lucas is saying words rhyming and they're not technically always the same words i mean it is what it is now but that's just my uh, thought process on the whole rhyming and poetry thing and another similarity is the 
um, the shot where uh, Kylo walks into the crate base with the uh, stormtroopers, and it's like and it, a direct, Anakin. Yeah, like Anakin and the clone troopers. I freaking love that shot. I was watching it today with uh, Kylo and the uh, troopers coming through the crate base. John, you love Episode Three, Anakin, and you love Kylo. How do you think that? How do you think they handled Kylo in this move in the Last Jedi from Force Awakens? I know you touched on a little bit about the how you don't really see eye to eye about you know Kylo going in the direction he's going because of how uh, well was, was Snow. I don't. I don't necessarily think he's growing as a character. I'm just gonna be honest. I think yes, he kills Snoke. Yes, he's not. He he completely 180s from the character that we get in Force Awakens. Like he's not. He's not whining anymore. You know. He's not. He's not doing any. He's not focused on Vader. But he's still conflicted. And even after he kills Snoke, he's still conflicted. He may have a purpose, but he's still conflicted, and he's not. He's not growing at a rate which I can be like, okay, yeah, I really liked his character growth here. I think he's he's almost static in the fact that I'm always going to view him as conflicted until he, you know, turns on Rey completely. Because even fighting Luke, you know, he's still pissed off and angry at him for what he did. He's, it's not like he's, yeah, you know, accepted saying. it. And you know, become one with the side he's chosen. He's still is constantly, you know, in in conflict with himself. I just don't think that he's grown enough to where these people are like, yeah, okay, he's he's going in a different direction. I like it. Hawk, do you agree with but that? I, I, I do. I do like it. I wanted to ask John, uh, how do you feel about Ray's growth? Also, it's kind of similar to Kylo's, it's, where it doesn't. It's re- very similar. She yeah. doesn't very. She doesn't really grow. She doesn't really grow. Do you do you feel I, like she's getting away with too much? Like I want, I'm not gonna sit here and ca- call her Mary Sue, because I, I feel like that's insulting. But I do yeah, feel I, like I, she, that is insulting. I do feel like that she needs more obstacles in her way or something. She needs a challenge. She yeah, does she need a have challenge. A real challenge. Um, my one, I don't know if you guys. This is not related to that. I don't know if you guys saw that news, but uh, JJ said that Finn and Ray won't be split up this movie. Did you guys see that? I, I love, I love it. Thank goodness. No splitting up, please. Why do, why do we need to be talking about that stuff right away? Come on. Boyega said that Ray and Finn are going to be reunited in 9, but then they they hugged at the end of 8. So is there something I'm missing or like they're going to be always together? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's, how, that's what JJ said. Yeah, you know how complicated that sounds? Like they're going to be reunited and they're all they already hugged. Like what what else is there to reunite? I think what he's saying is he he JJ probably originally, in his head, thought that Finn and Ray would end up together, but it's like you didn't write an outline for the next people ahead of you, and I don't know if you blame that on Lucasfilm or whoever, because you kind of just let Ryan Johnson do what he wanted. So, well, Ryan Johnson read the script; he knew everything that was going on. He talked with JJ, like they they talked before Ryan Johnson did any kind of writing for the script. He he said it in a, a podcast that I was listening to was uh, like the film cast or something. He was like, yeah, I read the script. You know, I talked to JJ. We had meetings. He knew what was going on. He knew what JJ was trying to set up. They talked. It just didn't matter. I, yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's JJ's, I guess JJ's like, uh, screw the whole Finn and Rose or I'm going to bring Finn and Ray together. 
in this one or bring him back together. I, I honestly don't think the rose kiss was romantic. It was more like a heat of the moment type thing. I, I, I didn't see it as a romantic kiss. I think it may be romantic from Rose's standpoint. Right. But from Finn's standpoint, I, I think it was like an overwhelm, overwhelming of emotion. You know, you, adrenaline's pumping. That's, you just saved someone. It's, you know, you can't hold that stuff in. That's all I want. Right. It's a love triangle. <laughs> so you think Rose is going to uh, join the First Order? No, John. It's no, a, it's a no. love square. Kylo, Ray, Finn, Rose. Oh, love, you're right. Love square. Love Sorry. square. Wait, what love, about Poe? Love pentagram. Okay. <laughs> Poe is in there. Oh, oh. Love hexagon. Put General Hux in there. General Hux. Oh, why not? Octagon, Chewbacca. Octagon. And then let's get kinky. Add BB 8. And the whole, and the porgs. We'll add them too. Back, back to the original question. I, it was something about Ray. Well, what were we talking about? How she doesn't really, no big obstacle for her. You know, Luke. Oh, yeah. She doesn't, she doesn't grow. Luke has doubts of faith in empire luke has questioning about his morality in return of the jedi he he knows you know he knows he's never completely sure right and never has a complete direction he yet. loses a hand but ray always does <laughs> minus her parents that was you know the thing right that was like a big deal that isn't anymore i guess because she's just accepted it yeah, it is almost like she doesn't have a, a direction now. I think that could be redeemed, and you could appreciate the growth of it, though, if she does decide to join Kylo in 9. Because oh. th then it's oh. like, okay, you've been setting this up. I can appreciate that, but I just I don't know if they'll go that direction. No, they definitely won't. They can't. For the, the millions... Well, they could. I mean, the billions of little girls... No, I just, I just... I don't think so. They could if they're both redeemed. What if Snoke comes back and then they both fight Snoke together? Force Ghost Snoke? I, I can easily see that happening. I mean, John, that was one of John's theories, or not theories, but you, you, you want to see Snoke come back and be either Darth Plagueis or... I, I, I think the decision to bring J.J. back for nine just alludes to Snoke not being dead, Kylo still getting redeemed, and Rey being the cause of that. I, I think that you know, Disney liked what Ryan did with this, you know, because they're giving him his own trilogy. And I really approve of his own trilogy. I think that's a great idea. I think he would do well with something he is in control of. We'll but see. Well, I, we'll see. I, yeah, I think with, you know, the decision to bring JJ back, you know, that suggests that we're not done with everything he started. Do you guys care if they bring Snoke back? As long as it's explained. Uh, in a in a, a a good enough way that's that I'll seems you, I logical. Don't think the first order is a villain. What? I, the first order isn't a villain to carry the movie. Neither is Kylo. They they can't carry the ninth movie as the villain. The first order's lost twice now, and Kylo, man, he he's not he's not bad enough. People don't take him as a villain. Like original original trilogy fans all over the place make fun of how like useless he is. I mean, I talked to like. Three or four people, you know, just after the this movie where, you know, he actually does something and they're still like, I still don't like him. He's still just a whiny bitch. John, I mean, kinda... the Empire loses repeatedly in the original trilogy also. But they're in control of the galaxy. I mean, so is the First Order. No, they're not. They're not, though. In, in this one, they're, they're 
supposedly taking over in the background. Right, yeah. But in the first movie... But they don't have enough resources to catch the rebellion. They have to, you know, or the resistance. They have to follow them for the whole movie. John, explain your, your, um, your thought process on how the First Order just doesn't mean anything in the sense of them losing all the time, especially in The Last Jedi, because they don't really succeed what they wanted to. It's, it's just, you know, both times that they actually accomplished their goal of, you know, catching the Resistance and then blowing up the Resistance HQ, I guess, or whatever it is, there's never any ramifications to that. They still lose way more than they gain on screen. I mean, they may be taking over, but we never see any of that. All we see is, you know, they lose Snoke, they lose everything in this movie. In the first one, they lose their giant Starkiller base. At least the Empire was always in control and they had, like, limitless resources. The First Order's never portrayed that way to where they're in control of everything they do. I just, I think they don't win enough or have ever actually won, because, I mean, they may kill a few Resistance members in this movie, but they lose, like, three three big ships? Their leader? You know, they lose a lot of stuff, whereas the Resistant lose, what, a couple people? And Luke? Luke but Luke was never there? Luke was never there. I think, I think you're going to see uh, opposites of fortune in the ninth. If, it's, if what they say is an all-out war, then I think uh, First Order is going to take it to them. If Fourth it's Order an all-out war, I really don't want to see the same type of... I don't want to see this... A fast-paced, all-action-y movie like I saw the last two movies, where it's just nonstop. We got to get to the next thing because of time and all that. I, I like. It's not. I just don't want to see that again. Give me some pacing. Give me some. Give me some uh, depth so I can actually meet these characters. Because I feel like I really haven't met anybody. I mean, Kylo. Yeah, in the first one, I understand he wants to be like Vader. In this one, uh, he kind of wants to kill the past. And then, you know, Ray just wants to save everybody, I guess, is what she wants to do, I guess. And Poe, you know, he's just Poe. Flyboy hotshot. And then... Poe is unbeatable. Always unbeatable. He's the best. He takes out he's a dreadnought. Best. Or the bombs take out a dreadnought. We took down a dreadnought. We took he down... Didn't. Yeah. Yeah. We took down a dreadnought. Okay. I, I don't even know what a dreadnought does, but they... He's never lost. Destroys right. bases. It destroys on, bases, confirmed. just like everything else. 23 confirmed victories in battle. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's unfair to call Last Jedi an all nonstop action movie. There's tons of scenes that give a lot of depth to the movie. It's not nonstop it, it's mostly, action. It's mostly Ray and Luke. Are th- I, like- I, I see from Mario's standpoint, it's he wants it more than just one part of the movie. I, I, I could see that. You do get a lot of Ray Luke slowdowns, but no, nowhere else. It's all like I mean, urgent. The Canto bites a lot of slowdown. The see, there's a lot Is of it? it's. They don't. There's not any action until like the final parts of Canto bite. There's uh Poe. As soon does, as they get there, they get they're running through the casino, and then like not even they five have, minutes later, he, they get captured, and then they're breaking out, and then like they five ride minutes the later is the, is the father scene, and that's a good chunk. You know, tells about Rose's story. Shows about the warmongering, and then you have the action scenes, and then you have Poe, who do his doing his thing on the base. Yeah, I just don't think it's I don't think it's nonstop. There's a lot of cuts in the movie too, like that. I feel like add to the the nonstopness because it's like cut here, cut here, cut here, cut here, cut here, cut here, cut here. Like if I turn my head, 
and I look back at it a second later, it's already on a new scene, I feel like. It's just... It, I, I feel like they need to slow down. Because... And I, it might have to do with the transitions during actions, almost actionist sequences. Like, it's... They transition as something major is happening, as opposed to, like, a slowdown. I don't know if that... Yeah, Because then exactly. you want to transfer back... And I could see how, yeah, I mean, that, that pacing is kind of weird. You know, it does make you think it's going faster than it is because you're interrupting something happening to go to something else, and then you interrupt that happening to go back to something else. I, I see what you mean. and I, I mean, I don't disagree that it is fast-paced, but at the same time, it's not, I don't know it's nonstop. But I, I, I do think that, you know, the cuts and the transitions is kind of weird in this movie. So we touched on it a little bit, and we're kind of in the subject already about episode nine um i'm not gonna lie to you guys i don't know if i'm excited honestly are, you will are, be are, <laughs> you will be <laughs> i'm gonna add that in I, gar- I guarantee when the trailer pops everyone's gonna get hype i don't get hype john gets hype john no. goes crazy john gets <laughs> yeah you're right john john was so hyped about infinity war dude John's more hot for Infinity War than I am. Yeah. I gotta let my Marvel side out. <laughs> Chris Hawk, are you excited for episode nine? Of course I am. It's Star what do you Wars. See? I mean, we already kind of talked about what we want to see, I feel like. Um, you know what? You know what I want to see? What? I want it to end the Skywalker trilogy. I, want, I mean, the Skywalker story it's it's got to end the skywalker story it can't go so, on longer than 10 it's, do you want to see- stop i'm gonna tell you how it's gonna have you have you guys finished the first last airbender the movie no this the series i never watched it uh, i've seen both john so i think what i what i want to happen is instead of ray killing kylo or snoke whoever comes back it's like a what Aang does to Hosen at the end, where instead of killing, because Aang's so against killing, he severs his connection with bending. So I'm thinking, I don't know how Ray's going to do it, but I feel like oh, the only she's the Superman of the Star Wars I universe. Mean, she, she can do it. Yeah, she can do it. She's got to figure out a way to sever the connection of the Force from Skywalker from Kylo, since he's the last remaining Skywalker. And I think that would be a cool. Is he though? Ray's Ray's a Skywalker too. I think it would be way more interesting than a fight, than a, because I just hope it doesn't end on a lightsaber fight. I hope the All lightsaber, I hope the lightsaber fight between them is at the beginning of the movie and not at the end of the movie. I think we've seen so many endings of Star Wars that end in lightsaber fights, so I'd like something different. Uh, that's the only thing I want, really, realistically. What I want from Episode Nine, I don't want it to end in a lightsaber fight. I'll tell you how I want the movie to begin. And I already kind of told you guys. Not a bar fight. Not no, a bar it's going to be a bar fight. I Not want bar- to see Poe in a bar, and it's just like the perspective of when you see Obi-Wan and Luke across from Han and Chewie in the cantina. I want you to just see Poe. The movie opens up. It comes down. You see Ray and Finn and Rose on the ship, whatever ship they're on, the Millennium Falcon, and they're like talking about, yeah, he's down there. Yeah, we'll have to come in and help him just in case if something happens. And then it zooms down into the planet, and then boom, it's it's uh, Poe right there across from a table in a cantina, and he's talking about how he he needs 
uh, something about credits or a job or he needs a ship or something. And then it's these all these weird aliens and they all look at each other. And then Poe knows that he's going to get in trouble. So he flips the table and then he has to get out of the bar. And then that's when Ray comes down to help him. And then, you know, she she takes out these uh, people after a huge chase of chasing Poe. And then it will cut to what Kylo's doing and him taking over another planet and enforcing uh, his rule upon another planet. That's how I think it should start out. Chris Hawk, what do you think? What do you think, Chris Hawk? Got to start with the funeral of Leia, man. John, what do you think? All right. So I'm not going to tell you how it's going to start. I'm going to tell you how it's in. Okay. <laughs> so when does this movie come out? Uh, next year. Next year. Yeah. Next year. Okay. So uh, I'm just going to go on a stretch here. And uh, we're going to resolve the whole Kylo plot. Uh, he's going he's gonna to redeem himself. I don't care how it happens. Do you want him At to redeem movie, himself? Do you honestly want him to redeem himself? I don't think that he has done anything that warrants killing him as of yet. Unless he turns uh, completely unredeemable in 9, which I don't see happening. Mm-hmm. So I don't care who the bad guy is. I don't care what happens. Mm-hmm. So they're going to redeem him. It's going to be a big uh, Ewok celebration at the end. And post-credit scene, we're going to get Thanos, and he says, I'm going to do this myself. And he grabs Anakin's (laughs) lightsaber, and he has just beat down the Avengers in Infinity War Part 1, and now he's coming over to Star Wars, and then he's going to go back to Infinity War. And then you see the twin jet. (laughs) And then the twin jet. And Professor Xavier is going to witness he's this gonna, in a vision. Yeah, he's going to roll up. And what's he going to say, John? Logan. Roll. <laughs> Logan, we need your help. And boom, Hugh Jackman is a Jedi. So With lightsaber claws, right? <laughs> yes. That'd be they so each have painful. Hilts, though. <laughs> More painful. It doesn't painful. matter. It could just, just heals. He just heal it. No, no. The hilts come out of his hands. Then the lightsaber comes on. He has to <laughs> right. turn each one on. <laughs> The hilts are made of antimanium. Yeah, right. Um, So that was us discussing... That was Cinema 7, the three of us, discussing the sequel trilogy. Um, I'm going to send it off for some final opinions on the sequel trilogy. Uh, But first, I'm going to state... um, I like the sequel trilogy. It's just I wish it was better and it, it was doing more for the lore. And I don't feel like it's doing more for the lore. It's just doing what's best for these movies and everything I feel like ties in to these movies. Every book they make, every comic, it's just tying into this sequel trilogy of movies. And I, I don't and that's feel what like they did. That's what they did for the prequels and original trilogy. Every book that came out was, you know, directly based off of the, the movies, but everything, this, this, this everything came in between and expanded on something like the Knights of the Republic expanded uh, the but it had nothing to do with the movies. Legacy, legacy expanded. Uh, everything was expand. Prequels expanded upon the universe. These movies aren't giving us any lore or giving so us any more like, backstory. They're just you didn't like the introduction of Candlebite and how you know there's actually warmongering. You know there's profiteering off of the war. You didn't like that. You didn't like the fact that they kind of increased the the force powers. I don't you know, see it in anything. More- I just see a bunch of rich people at a casino, and then DJ explains it. Is DJ right? From from a point of view, can't you say 
from a certain point of view. Can't you say DJ could be lying to Finn? Can't, um, you know, like maybe that's just his perspective on the whole situation. We don't exactly know. We don't see it. I, I, I just want to see more lore. What, what books came out with the original trilogy that were like endorsed by Lucas and Lucasfilm? Like Phantom of the, uh, like, and there was in case that they didn't make Empire. It's, I forget what it's called, but they, it's literally, if they didn't make Empire, a book came out of Empire Strikes Back, which is basically the same thing. I mean, they, they, they wrote books about, all the time. Um, the, Phantom of the Mind's Eye or something like that. Uh, Splinter of the Mind's Eye. Splinter of the Mind's Eye. It, it's, it, he wrote that uh, before Empire came out. or he was, The book was made or in publication as uh, New Hope was coming out because he didn't think that they would give him a sequel or something along those lines. And then um, when he made Empire Strikes Back, he kind of made that non-canon. So it's, it's kind of non-canon, but some of it in the, some of the book is canon. It, I don't know, Lucas, I feel like Lucas had the idea that you could tell it through a movie. I don't, I don't, there's, they didn't push out as many books to explain things they didn't explain in movies as, as being done now. I think it's completely different. It, it's just weird to me that everything ties into these mo- like everything like like you said is ex- is explaining the movies or tying into the movies in my opinion i just i just want to see more lord building and i also want to see some aliens that i've seen in the prequels in the original trilogy because am i am i to uh, to think that all those species just were ex- are extinct now or that the i, I just want to see more Things that I've that I've seen in the in the universe and the franchise, but also want to see more lore building and more explanation of of said stuff instead of just giving me a casino planet and, and um uh another desert planet. You know, I I want to I just want to I want to see how they can do what the prequels did in a sense, but in the new era, but also uh, give us some species. And some maybe re, maybe um, mention planets. You don't have to revisit like Musafar or Udupau or something, but just like a Rodian or a uh, a Weequay type of person or something. That's this is what I want to see. Um, you know, I I have to accept that these movies are part of the canon, and you know, as much as I don't. Uh, as much as the stuff I don't like in Last Jedi, there is a lot I do like. So it's not like I completely hate the movie or or anything like that. I just I just wish it was better. And I know you can you can argue that with well, do you think that you know what's best for Star Wars? Hawk, what's your uh, final take on um, the sequel trilogy so far? I, I I agree. I wish they would add more lore building. Uh, so far. There's, I like the things that they have sent us, you know, but of course, Star Wars is about, there's a lot about the, uh, the venue and it's been lacking a little bit. Overall, I really enjoy the characters. The action is top. The, the interactions between the characters and the old and the original trilogy characters and the new characters are very very well put. I like the homage that they're, you know, they respect these old characters and they're giving them a good send off. Um, 
I, I really do like the sequel trilogy. I am excited to see where it goes. And I just, it's a movie and I enjoy it. And it, it shouldn't be any more complicated than that. John Kanoki, what is your final thoughts on the sequel trilogy as of right now? I think that The Last Jedi would have been better as something that ended the movie trilogy or began it. And, you know, you obviously have to alter the plot slightly, but it sets a tone that is not, uh, it's, it's not something that we're, we're used to. And obvious, and honestly, sets a tone that you know we haven't, we we didn't necessarily need in the middle of a trilogy that had already started itself. That's why I, I do believe that Ryan Johnson's trilogy he makes will be good, uh, because it will be his own to deal with. So I think if you know it had been at the beginning or in it would have been better. Not to say that I hate it, because I don't. I just I think that it was not a good middle of the field thing and the force awakens by no means is a masterpiece but I, as i said earlier i think it was you know necessary for what it did and i just you know with three movies they all have to be like slam dunks and thus far i just don't feel like they've been that way uh now i mean i don't really like attack of the clones and the prequels and i'm not someone who's super high on empire either but i think both of those movies are way better middle of the trilogy movies than the last Jedi could ever hope to be. And that's just based on what we got. But I mean, that's, that's just my, my overall summary there. We will see what episode nine brings us because, uh, we're all, what's your opinion, Mario of what? Did you already do your opinion? I already did my opinion. Oh, he went first. Oh yeah. I, we're all, uh, we're all expecting something. We're all, uh, we all want to see more, um, no matter of expect or of, of excitement, uh, we're all going to see it and, uh, we're all going to be, um, our eyes will be open, I guess, for episode nine. So we'll see what happens. Hope you enjoyed our take on this, on the, uh, what, we have so far for the sequel trilogy of uh, Force Awakens and uh, Last Jedi. If you have any of the same thoughts, if you have different opinions or different thoughts or different theories to some of the things, especially what Chris Hawk mentioned about the Rey's force power, maybe that's just uh, like her force power. Maybe um, do you think Obi-Wan and Yoda and Anakin are trying to help her uh, lead the galaxy to a more balanced place uh what john said uh did you hate everything i said did you hate everything john said did you agree with chris <laughs> hawk do you hate all three of us do you <laughs> like all three of us <laughs> then you should totally rate and review us on itunes at apple podcast app you can do it on there and you know give us five star because any number of stars uh, give us a review some feedback on how we're doing on the podcast how we sound no matter what it is that would help us out a lot. Where can you find us online, Chris Hawk? Facebook at Cinema 7 Podcast. Twitter at Cinema underscore 7. Cinema 7 underscore, underscore pod. Podcast. Uh, you can also follow Instagram. us on Instagram. Yep. Cinema 7 underscore Podcast. Donate to the Patreon as little as a dollar. Support the, the podcast. 
We would thank you for doing that. If you had done that, you didn't. But these people did. Mario's mom, Mario, Joey Hill, Chris Hawk, and myself. Thanks, guys. Hey, thanks, guys. Uh, thanks for supporting the podcast, Mario. Thank you, Chris Hawk, for supporting the podcast. Um, Chris Hawk, do you know that guy? Do you know that Chris Hawk guy? No, I don't. Uh, different, different, Chris Hawk, different Chris Hawk. Different Chris <laughs> Hawk. Different John, different Mario. They're, they're, but they support us. And I, I don't know who that Mario's mom is, but hey, thanks, Mario's mom. Um, Joey is, you know, Joey's our friend. He's the only one of, of our friends that support us. We, uh, we love you, Joey Hill. Thank you so much. Um, so yeah, go to patreon.com, uh, backslash C7 or C7. I'm thinking of audible, uh, backslash cinema seven, and you can support the podcast for as little as a dollar. There's different tiers on there. I think it's, uh, three to $5 or something like that. You get a sticker, uh, $10 or maybe it's $8 now. You can come onto the podcast and be a guest, and we'll talk about movies. We'll talk about Star Wars, and you can tell us how we are stupid and how you agree with Chris Hawk. And you could... Um, or agree you know, with just, John. Or agree with John. All those things. Or how you hated the prequels and how I'm an idiot. Uh, or how I'm an idiot. So, Chris Hawk, take it away. So, as always, from us at Cinema 7, we want to thank you for listening with us. We want to thank you for watching with us. And we want to thank you for exploring with us. May the force be with you always. You will be. You will be. Hey there, uh, John Kenobi here to tell you about audible.com. Audible.com is a great way to experience books if you don't have uh, the time to read them. Uh, what do they are? Are audiobooks, and we've got a special offer for you at Cinema 7. If you go to www.audibletrial.com backslash C7pod, you can sign up for a 30-day free trial today and get a free audiobook. Now, this can be anything they offer. It gives you one credit. It can be anything. That's yours. You will keep it after you lose the trial. Uh, you can use this to uh, read a book you, you know you might not have time to read or catch up with all the different Hollywood movies that are being made from books. Uh, Annihilation, Ready Player One, etc., etc. Uh, our friend Mario uses it for various random audio dramas. If that's what you're into, give it a shot. 
Again, that's www.audibletrial.com backslash C7pod. Discover what Audible has over 1 million audiobooks and dramas and all types of things. Just give them a shot. Uh, Thanks. Thanks.